The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. I'm excited for what God has for us um, to, to speak to us tonight. I really think that it's an amazing message that God has just kind of laid on my heart, but and not only challenged me this week while I think about it, but I think it's, it's something that is applicable for um, so many of us here, and we can all walk out of here changed by the Word of God, because um, I really do believe that that is the pinnacle point, the main point of um, every worship service that we should have is hearing from God, speak through His Holy Word. And so that is, that is kind of what we're doing right here, and I'm really excited for it. So we're on this sermon series, the Apostles' Creed, okay? We've been in there for, we've been going across the Apostles' Creed phrase by phrase for quite some time now, and uh, yeah, the sermon series, Belief, just a what do we believe? So the Apostles' Creed is just kind of a, a statement of faith. It's a, it's a statement of faith kind of looking at, you know, being able to say this, though it doesn't make you saved, it, it shows that if I, can, if I can say these statements, the, these are statements that come straight from Scripture, and um, I'm not going to go through this whole uh, drawn out intro that I have for quite some time, but we're not preaching the Apostles' Creed. It's not a, it's not a statement that saves you just because you can say it, because you can vocally say it, um, but the truth behind it uh, that it's reiterating comes from Scripture, and so I'm preaching Scripture and the truths behind what the, what the words are saying, and so we're really just using the Apostles' Creed as a template that we're walking through. So uh, if you've been here for any amount of time, the past, I think, five or six weeks, we've been going through the Apostles' Creed uh, Coy, wherever he's at, uh, there he is, um, spoke one night. And so tonight we're actually to the point of uh, suffered under Pontius Pilate. Before I get to that, though, I really do want to just read the Apostles' Creed. Um, we've been doing it where everyone kind of reads along, and we've been kind of limping along, getting better and better every single week. Um, so I'm just trusting you guys uh, that, we'll, that we'll keep doing that and be able to get a little better and better. So are you guys ready? You want to read the Apostles' Creed with me here? Okay, let's start it off. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Or amen. Cool. So this week we are looking at... The phrase, suffered under Pontius Pilate. And um, I know people talking through the, the narrative of, of the crucifixion, particularly honing in on the, um, the, the narrative that talks about Pilate, um, sometimes focuses on the aspect of what it meant to suffer under the, 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 Roman, the, the way that Romans would, would um, torture or crucify somebody. They would talk about you know, the passion, just how gruesome it was and how horrific what, what Jesus had to go through. And, and next week, we're going to be talking about cru uh, that he was crucified. And so, um, I don't want to steal any of that aspect. We'll be talking about how Jesus was crucified next week. And so you could also talk about the, his, the historicity of it, um, where, where um, Pilate is kind of like a marker in history. This, is, this is really has to do with um, Jesus actually did die on the cross. He really did live. Um, and Pontius Pilate is kind of like a marker in history to show like, 
uh, this, this is true, and that's just not debated. It's regardless of who you are, um, uh, Christian, non-Christian, atheist, whatever, whatever you are, it, it's just not debated that Pontius Pilate lived. And so I don't want to spend any time on that. Um, really, what I, what I want to talk about tonight is Pilate himself and how he interacted with the, um, the narrative and how he played a part in the crucifixion of Jesus. I don't want to talk about the crowd that was screaming, we want Barabbas, um, though they play a role in it. I don't want to talk about you know, uh, Caiaphas and all these different people. I want to talk about what did Pilate do? What was, what was his role? What did he do? Um, and I think really we, we have a lot to learn from, from Pilate's role. Um, I think we can relate a lot to how he was, I mean, he was indifferent. He, did, he didn't, I want to wash my hands of this, right? Um, he, he didn't want to, to uh, answer the question, was Jesus guilty or, or innocent? I think we can really relate to this aspect of he was so swayed by um, his peers, the people screaming at him, uh, screaming, crucify him, crucify him. He was so swayed by that. He was so impacted by those around him. And I think these things are so true and applicable to us that um, they really can, uh, we can learn a lot from them. And so I want to talk about uh, Pilate. And, and specifically, I want to read out of uh, John chapter 18, so if you have your Bibles, John chapter 18, verses 28 through 40. Um, it's a bit of a narrative, but just because, I mean, it's a bit long, but it's a narrative, so it's not that bad. If you, have a, if you need a Bible, I've got a couple here. I can hand them out, but I want to make it quick, and then we can jump into reading. Anyone need it? You can shoot your hand up. No shame in needing it. It's a Bible. Um, okay, cool. Um, so, John 18, 28. Uh, we're going to start there. If you guys want to stand, and then I'll just read it. And you guys can follow along either in what you're holding in your hand or on the screen there. Let's go ahead and read, starting in verse 28. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves. Judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this? On your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own, your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would, would have been fighting that I would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So are you a king? Jesus answered, you said that I am a king. For this purpose I am born, and for this purpose I have been coming to the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you uh, at the Passover. So do you want me to release uh, to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much for that. Let me do a little paraphrasing. That's a bit of a long story, right? Um, but I think it's easier to track with because it is a narrative. It's kind of a story that, that is being told. Uh, but let me give you a little, like, demonstrative of acting out, not really acting out. A little paraphrase, okay? So you got, if you guys can imagine with me here, 
Well, now, I mean, they're not in the boondocks. I'll stay kind of close to my pulpit here. Um, so the crowd, okay, Jesus inside the building, right? So, uh, so Pilate comes over to the crowd, and um, he says, what do you want me to do with him? Uh, wh- why don't you judge him with your own law? Why don't, you, why don't you take care of him yourself? And they said, no, you have to do it. He's like, I don't want to do it. And so he goes over to Jesus, and he's like, um, so they say that you're the king. Are you the king? Um, and Jesus says, do you say this yourself? Or are you saying this because they're saying it? And he goes, look, man, I'm, I'm not a Jew, okay? I, I, I don't know. Can you just, are, are, you, are you a king? And he goes, well, my kingdom is not of this world. And he goes, so are you a king? Like, he's really wanting Jesus to tell him, like, can you just give me the answer? Can you please just tell me yes or no? Um, I can kind of imagine Pilate just saying, like, look, man, I know you're kind of notorious for this whole, like, parable thing, confusing people. Uh, this is not a time to be confusing. Please just be straight up. Be honest with me. Are you or are you not? Can you, just, can you just tell me? And so finally he says, like, what is truth? And so he goes back over to the, uh, to the crowd and he's like, can you just tell me what to do? And so again, he's just saying, I don't want to have to answer this. I don't want to have to do it myself. Can you please answer this? And so he's just going back and forth. Are you the king? Can you please tell me? And she's like, do you say it yourself? And he's just constantly like, I don't want to answer this. I want someone else to answer this question for me. Um, and honestly, I can kind of sympathize with that. Like, uh, if you ever go out to eat with me, I, I pretty much tell the, the, uh, the waiter that I want him to order for me half the time. Uh, that actually happened this past weekend. I literally just said, like, can you please just pick for me? I, I don't know. Um, and so I can, I can kind of sympathize with uh, Pilate to some extent. But the primary text that I really want to look at tonight is one verse in particular, uh, verse 34, if we can pull it up. Um, he says, do you say this on your own accord or did others say it? Oh, no, it's, uh, keep going. It's after all the text, after the belief thing. And there it is. Do you say this or did others say it to you about me? Do you say this on your own accord or do you say this yourself or did others say this about me? I kind of want to break it up, um, two clauses, looking at the two separate clauses. Do you say this yourself? Do you say it on your own accord uh, first? I want to look at that one, and then we can say, um, or is he saying it because others um, are wanting him to say it, is really kind of where we're going tonight. We're looking at both of them. We kind of know that this first one really isn't the truth. He, he wasn't saying it for himself. Sarah and I have this uh, kind of running joke. We have a lot of kind of inside jokes, if you want to call it that. But um, we went to this one service um, unrelated to Vangel Temple, and we were, we were sitting in the worship service, and the speaker there, uh, he kind of just said this one like altar call that was just, we still kind of just laugh about it, we chuckle about it because it just sounded weird. He said, um, he said, you can only go to the altar as yourself. And we're like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I can just imagine like them saying, um, we ask as this, uh, as fill in the organization, um, we just ask that um, if you come up to commit your life to Jesus Christ, please uh, let your neighbor do it for himself if, if you think he needs to. Please just only do it for yourself. And um, so we just kind of make that joke now, like, hey, you can only go to the altar yourself. Don't go for somebody else. And so, um, but uh, it's, there's, there's some kind of truth to that, right? That you can honestly, you can only do it for yourself. You can only, whenever it comes down to the end of the day, you can only say that you believe in Jesus Christ for yourself. You can, you can follow your friends. You can do what your friends say. You can do what they do. Um, and and you, you can follow the trends. You can do all this and that. But really, it comes down um, to do you say it yourself? Um, can you say it for yourself? Um, and, and so there is, there is truth to that, but we also just kind of like to have a little bit of fun with that. Um, Pilate didn't, though. Pilate couldn't say it himself. Pilate could not answer that himself. He wanted someone else. He wanted either Jesus or the crowd to like make up the decision for him. Uh, he didn't want to do it. 
And it really, it, it came to the point where whatever he was going to say, it wasn't his own words. It wasn't his own thoughts. It was somebody else's. Somebody else uh, that he was just going along with, that he just really had his no, no opinion of his, of his own, um, uh, or he didn't want to act on that. <laughs> Sarah, whenever we, back, whenever we lived back in Kansas City, we had some friends, Kelly and Andrew, and we used to hang out with them quite a bit. Uh, we don't get to see them that much anymore, but... But we were planning on seeing them one Saturday. I think it was a Saturday. Um, so one weekend, we were planning on going to hang out with them. Before we did, we went out shopping, and, and Sarah bought a, thing, a pair of Converse, and she was, like, loving them. She's like, man, I love these Converse. And, you know, it was whenever they were super in. And I mean, not, they're not now. So if you're wearing Converse, like, oh, man, I'll cover my shoes. Um, they're still in. But, like, this was when they were, like, booming right off. And so um, Sarah got some Converse. We're really psyched. And... And then we went and met, met up with Kelly and Andrew, and we were walking with them. And for some reason, Converse came up, and, and Kelly goes, I hate Converse. And Sarah's Converse are sitting in our car. And she's like, I, I, I think they're just the ugliest things in the world. And I look at Sarah, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And Sarah's like, me too. I think they're so <laughs> ugly. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, I don't. I don't know what to say. And um, <laughs> it's so true though, right? I mean, we so quickly want to do exactly what other people uh, think or what other people say. We want to follow the trends. We don't want there to be any awkward tension. We want to, you know, be cool or whatever. Like, you know, that's, uh, but it's true. We, we honestly want to do whatever uh, the other people are doing. Um, and sometimes we kind of set aside what we actually think. Um, we sacrifice that and because, because we want to fit in or because we want. Um, and I think that that really spills over and is so true, just as true, whenever it comes to our faith. Whenever we're, we're talking about our, um, our belief in Jesus Christ, I think really it does influence our walk with God. And it's, it's something that we have to be aware of. I mean, you think about when you're, uh, when you're standing in a worship service, right? Uh, man, am I, do, I look, do I look right? Like, do I, and you're just thinking, like, what do other people think whenever I'm worshiping, right? Like, I really need to make sure that when the cymbals crash out, like, boom, fully extended. Because um, otherwise, it's super kind of awkward. Um, like, you only want to do the half. Um, like, you're always just thinking, like, what do other people think about the way I'm, I'm worshiping, right? And, um, or whenever you're at school. Right, You're, You, you want to make sure, well, I don't want to hinder my witness to somebody, so I don't want to really be too blunt about what I believe. So I kind of, like, I don't want to cut ties with them thinking that I'm, like, some Jesus freak. And so, like, maybe I just don't talk about Jesus for a little bit, right? Like, I don't want them to think that I'm weird. And so, um, but what ends up happening, I think, what ends up happening is that what originally would have been your authentic conviction to do becomes some mild um, excuse of that. Or, or what you really wanted to do or what you were really driven to do, what you really felt the scripture was calling you to do or to be, uh, you really instead live out some watered-down example of that, right? You, some watered-down version of that. Uh, because we care so much about what other people think and, and uh, what they expect of us. It influences our faith. Pilate had convictions himself. If you, if you read the, the story in John, four times, four times, Pilate says, I don't think this man's guilty. This man is innocent. But then at the end of the narrative, you know what happens, that he ends up saying, yeah, crucify him. Why? Because he was so influenced by other people um, that it impacted just, I mean, what he ended up saying about Jesus. Jesus says, do you say this about yourself? Do you say this yourself? Or are you saying it because other people want you to say it? Like, 
Is your decision about me, the thumbs up or the thumbs down, is it, is it fully based on other people and what other people want you to say? Or is it really what you actually think yourself? I think there's so much to learn um, uh, there for us. The second half, not there yet, quite yet. Um, the second half of that phrase, uh, do you say this yourself or do others say it to you about me? Let's talk about that for a second. Do others say it to you about me? Um, that's the reality of it. That, that, that was Pilate. The answer um, is assumed. Jesus was asking this question, assuming the answer wasn't that it was his, his own answer, but really it was that um, he was doing what other people wanted. Do you say it because other people say it about me? The main point that I really kind of want to get to tonight, and, and you guys just saw it maybe, that we should never believe in anything because others expect us to uh, believe it. Especially, especially, especially our salvation through Jesus Christ. I think that sounds kind of like, man, that's hard. Um, but it's so true. It's so true. We should not believe in anything because others expect us to, especially your salvation. Especially your salvation. The gospel is not something that you believe in just because your parents expect it to you uh, to believe it or because um, your parents would be disappointed that you, that you don't believe it, right? That you would walk away from your faith. You don't, you don't uh, just believe in God because, man, how awkward would that be? My family dynamic, like I grew up in a Christian home, so like, um, that's not, that's not uh, what we're called. That's not the kind of, the depth of faith that we're called to. And honestly, I'm not saying don't listen to, uh, to your parents. Don't, 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 don't let their faith impact you. Don't let their, their model, um, don't learn from them. I I'm definitely want you to do that. Like, I'm one of those people that I, that I want to speak into your life and pour into your life an um, example of how to live out your faith. But if, but if you only live out your faith because of those people, because you want to um, to keep on the tradition of what's expected from you, that's a house of cards of faith. It's, it's, and it's not a biblical faith. And I think it's something that we need to think about um, and really wrestle with. I don't think God wants someone's commitment for uh, any other reason other than their deep love for him. God doesn't want anyone else's commitment just because uh, for any other reason other than you're deeply in love with him, Right? Let's get real for a minute, I, well, if we haven't already. Talk about college students. I mean, uh, high school, you get out of high school, you look at the statistics. I mean, we've all kind of talked about it. You've all heard about it, right? You get out of high school, and then the statistics of staying in your faith just plummets. Why is that? I think that's something that we as a church, as a body, um, need to acknowledge and say, what's going on? What is this? Why is that happening and I think we sometimes answer it by saying, oh, well, there's not enough young adults ministries. There, we, we just need to have more. We need to have more young adults pastors. We need to have more young adults pastors on staff uh, in those college towns because they're all good and they're in the safety net while they're at home. But then whenever they move off to university, well, then, man, now there's no ministry reaching out to them and they just get lost well, I just want to ask the question, is it because they didn't have their own personal, authentic relationship to start with and they were just doing it because their family did it or they were just going to church because their parents drug them to church and now they don't have to go to church, so why would they? It wasn't their own personal relationship in the first place. I just want us to dare to ask, is that the question? Because I think if you really do have an intimate desire to live for God and to have a relationship for him, if you're in love with God and you're falling uh, on your knees for him and you're just in love and you want to live for God, 
and you move off to some university town, it doesn't matter if there's a ministry there for you or not. You're going to make sure that your, your relationship with God keeps getting fed. And you're going to go find the ministry or be the ministry. Uh, let that even be better. Like, you're not going to just lose your faith in God just because, well, oh, I got no pastor talking to me now. So uh, I guess that, was a, guess that was a hobby. That doesn't happen if you're deeply in love with Jesus Christ. So what is that statistic? Is it just because people are going to church and they're not making it their own personal relationship with God? They're not answering the question uh, for themselves. Really, they're just answering it because, well, that's just the community around me. That's just what they say. That's uh, my parents just bring their church and my parents' faith. I don't believe that we're called to that kind of faith. I don't believe that we're called to a house of cards faith that whenever you lose your parents, you lose your faith. And it breaks my heart, and I just, I care so much that I have to say that. And I think it's uncomfortable, and it's like, man, that's, I have to say it because I, I don't want that to be you guys. I don't want that to be us. I want us to, regardless where you go, regardless of who you hang out with, on the ends of the earth, wherever you go, your relationship with Jesus Christ isn't impacted or swayed. Am I going to lose it? Am I not? I got to make sure that I'm always in the in right community, you know, like, uh, got to make sure that I have the young adults pastor within 50 miles radius. I don't care where you guys go. I want you guys to have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I think that's something that we really need to talk about, take into consideration. Are we answering this question, who Jesus is? Like Pilate had to really make that uh, statement. Are we asking that ourselves? Are we saying it ourselves? Is it our answer that, that is our own? I've been asking for quite a while um, through this whole Apostles' Creed series. I've been asking the question, um, can you say the statement? Right? Can we pull up the statement, by the way? Uh, can, you, can you say the Apostles' Creed? When you read through the Apostles' Creed, uh, I believe in God the Father Almighty. Do you believe that God created absolutely everything? Can you say that? Um, the creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, um, that he is your Lord and Savior? Um, can, you, can you say that? I really kind of want to flip that question tonight. Um, maybe take it one step further, however you want to look at it, and say, why can you say that? Why, why can you say that statement? Is it because it's yours? Because it rings true in your heart? Because you know, um, because you know that you are uh, by yourself a, a sinner? That you know that, man, I'm going through some really um, difficult stuff, that I am imperfect, that I am flawed, that I am in desperate need of a Savior, and I believe that there's a God that created absolutely everything that I see and live for, uh, that he created everything, and he cares so deeply for me, some minuscule person on this huge universe, that he cared so much for me that he would send Jesus Christ, that he would live the life that I couldn't live and offer an eternal relationship with him. Not just can you say this statement, but why do you say it? Because it rings true in your heart or because, well, that's just the norm of life. That's just kind of, I was raised saying this kind of stuff. Why do you say this statement? I think, I think is a deep question uh, because, because it's so true, because it defines who you are. Is that why you can say this statement? Jesus asked Pilate, is it you that says this or is it others? A question I think really that impacts every single person in here because at the end of the day, Every single person in here needs to make uh, that statement. We can't just run to say, like, guys, what should I say? What should I say? Crowd, what, what do you want me to say? It really comes down to, are you able to say it yourself? You know, I really believe that 
and I say this, I, I want you guys to look, look at me. I, I, I really believe this, that someone can be raised in church their entire life, grow up and go off to live their own life and find out they never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that happens. I also believe I do not want that to be a thing that happens at Evangel Temple. I want Evangel Temple to breed people that authentically and genuinely live out their life for Jesus Christ. And so if you've never made that statement, and I know some of you haven't grown up in church, that's not your, your life, I get that. If you've never made this commitment, whether in church your entire life or this is your first time ever stepping inside of a building that calls itself a church, wherever you're at on that, if you've never made this statement to be able to say, I, I do believe that statement that, that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, that God did create everything, that, that he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within me, to have a relationship with him, to have eternal life with him, to, to save me from who I am, the wretched, the wretched sinner that I am, that I am imperfect, but now I'm made clean in Jesus Christ. If you're able to say that and say it because it's true in your heart, regardless if you grow up at church or not, if you've never been able to actually let that ring true in you, for who you are, not just take on your, your parents' faith or, or uh, do it just because other people are watching to be some you know, nominal Christian. Um, if you've never made this commitment for yourself, I'd love to pray with you because I really do believe, I genuinely believe that is the greatest commitment, step of faith you could ever make. And I also believe that it's the greatest blessing you will ever receive. I'd love for your, my, my prayer team, my, uh, my leaders to, to pray with you. If you want to pray with somebody, talk with somebody. I, I think it's true. Um, it's, it's funny, yeah. You, you can never come to the altar as, your, as anyone but yourself, but man, it's so true. Run to the altar for yourself because it matters. It defines who you are. It, it defines who you are if you're able to say that you believe all that or not that if you let it ring true in your heart or not, that, that defines everything. It, it impacts your identity. And so run to the altar as yourself and only for yourself. Make that statement to a prayer leader or me for yourself because we're all called to make that answer. Let's pray really quick. God, I thank you so much. That you're a God that wants to be in relationship with us. That you're a God that is so transcendent, so amazing, so big, but you care so much about us that you would die for us, that you would live a perfect life and you would die for us. People that constantly, daily, act in rebellion against you and spit in your face, Lord. You care about a relationship with us, undeserving, the worst of the worst. Lord, I thank you so much that you care about us, that you want relationship with us. Lord, I just pray for anyone here that has never made that commitment of faith, whether uh, a church person growing up for the rest of their life thus far or they've never stepped foot into a, a church before. Lord, I pray if they've never made this statement of faith, that they've never made a confession to live for you, Lord, I pray that they would be so bold as to say that tonight to make that statement, to go to the altar, to pray with somebody or to pray in their seat. Lord, I just pray that they would make that bold statement and radically change their identity and turn 
the trajectory of their life. Lord, I just pray that you would allow the transformation of who they are and how they live, that you would begin that process in those people and you would continue to mold all of us to constantly live more for you, to constantly look more like you and to constantly keep turning and looking at you, Lord, to looking towards you because you really do define our identity. You define who we are and you're our everything. Lord, we thank you so much. It's your name we pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, we invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.